0: Buying land to camp on is a big trend among RVers right now, but it is fraught with pitfalls like 14-day limits to camp on your own land, the inability to put a septic tank in, all sorts of stuff. This week, we're talking with somebody who works for a company that's trying to help people find land that they can actually camp on, plus some of your listener questions and more. This is RV Miles. This summer, LL Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one, on your next camping trip, turn a headlamp into a lantern in five seconds. Strap the headlamp around an empty clear water bottle or milk jug and turn it on. The soft white light will brighten up a tent. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode 245 of RV Miles. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016 with our children. I want to make sure and get that in there because a lot of people have been very concerned that I have not knowingly or maliciously been omitting Jack, Ethan, and Henry from this intro. So... I heard you. Thank you for caring about the kids, and I am trying to be more mindful of that. Here at RV Miles, we talk about all things RV and outdoors, including industry news, travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more.
0: We're uh, we're coming to you again from the Quad Cities area, Western Illinois, Eastern Iowa, my hometown. Okay. Uh, we're at a wonderful campground right along the Mississippi River. That's absolutely uh, gorgeous views. All these blooming. Uh, lily pads out there. Yes. Love it.
1: Can we talk about the sunsets that we get at this this campgrounds sunsets as the sun comes down over the Mississippi River? Over the Mississippi River is just breathtaking. Love it.
0: So uh, we're here for a little bit more than we're heading back to Kansas City, and then we're hitting the road uh, west, 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 west.
1: Yes. And then we may be coming right back. We might be coming back. It's it's all a mess. (laughs) We don't know yet. We really won't know anything for anyone who's been following along. We'll just give a quick little update. You know that we are uh, getting Henry some extra special care right now with some of um, pediatric children's hospitals and it looks like some things he needs to be done can only full circle be done at Lurie Children's in Chicago. So we are going to be going up there at the end of the month to a place we know very, very well, and we will learn more once we get up there, and that will determine uh, what September looks like for us. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out at the end of August what September (laughs) is going to look like.
0: (laughs) I think regardless, we're getting back on the road, and you're flying for for yeah, appointments in, I, if, if need be. <laughs>
1: I actually think it might be cheaper for Henry and I to fly into Chicago. And, for to just stay there? For the, yeah. Well, then for us to drive back from, you know, the West yeah. with the oh, RV. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. think. And then try to find a place because there are places to camp in Chicago. They're all booked. Or, you know, the ones that aren't are a good hour and a half from city yeah. center. That makes That just makes no sense. Makes no sense. So that's kind of where we're at (laughs) right now. It's an ever-evolving story. We shall soon see what we're going to be doing for the fall. All
0: right. Well, we have some questions from the Facebook group. Uh, We always like to say the Facebook group is just one of the greatest places to get RV information. Uh, We try to keep the... the The challenging people out of it, (laughs) I'll put it that way, and try to keep it a place where there's love and happiness and nice Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Uh, So the first question is uh, from Carla, and it's about recycling. How do you recycle on the road? Throwing everything into a dumpster is breaking my heart but I don't want to attract pests by accumulating it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've talked about this a few times in the past. Some campgrounds that we've been happy with have had really good recycling. Yeah. But then others where it's like uh, they've got two dumpsters. One is blue for recycling and one is green for trash. And people can't
2: people, t- people they, don't even
0: know that one's for recycling, especially when it's dark. Or they just willingly don't care and they just throw their trash in.
1: So the last one we were at on the Iowa side uh, had not only did they have like the dumpster bin, but then they had it broken down by plastic, glass, cardboard, really clear cut. Another thing that we recommend and see if you can find in an area is that some will have these giant recycling centers that you can go to. I know you said you don't want to keep things inside. Some people keep things in the back of their truck. Um, You know, just down the street from the last campground we were at, there was a huge cardboard recycling center. And so, as you all know, we went to Ikea, and we accumulated some cardboard. So we kind of just let all that kind of gather up in the back of the truck. We were able to take it down the street and recycle it there. So. There is a way to do that. You know, one of the ways you can also not attract pests or or if you're concerned about with your recycling is just to make sure that you rinse everything out really, really well. You need to do that anyway for the recycling. But that's kind of one way that you can keep, you know, things that had food and stuff in them that you want to recycle. Just try to wipe that out and and wipe it out as best. Just try to wipe all that out or rinse it out as best you can. And that will also help. Um,
0: There's... um A a growing feeling among a lot of people that recycling is less and less worth it um, because they're hearing these stories about stuff not getting recycled. About 90% of what you're putting into recycling is not getting recycled. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there is a big level of that happening. But I just want to say, though, that that is really plastics where that is happening. Mm -hmm. And it is still so worth it to recycle cardboard, paper, glass Aluminum cans, any sort of metal, all of that stuff has really high rates of recycling. Plastic recycling is just so difficult, and it is it is not uh, cost-effective right now, mainly because China was doing all our recycling, and they don't want to right now. So for us, I think it's about reducing, it's, you know, going back yeah. to school, reduce, reuse, recycle, uh, <laughs> d- reducing the amount of plastics we use in particular. Yeah.
1: And, you know, one of the ways we're doing that is we are now using uh, reusable Ziploc bags, you know, those have been really expensive for a very long time to purchase any sort of reusable storage bag. And just recently, and it could have been around for a while, but just recently I noticed that the Target brand, the Up and Up brand, they now have a complete line of reusable storage bags, both sandwich, snack, uh, gallon bags. They're all freezer safe, BPA safe, dishwasher safe, and incredible incredibly affordable. I mean, I was able to buy several that because you know, we're going to use several all at once here at our house. I don't just want to buy one gallon bag. I don't want to just buy one sandwich bag. They had them in packs, I think, of like four or eight. And it was incredibly affordable. And so that has cut back any sort of plastic storage that we were using like that. We try to always use reusable containers whenever we can. We are trying no longer to buy things like Plastic silverware, even if we're boondocking, you know, we just figure it out so we don't have that kind of waste. Paper plates, things like that. There are changes you can make at home that if recycling feels uh, difficult to you to accomplish, there are changes you can make inside your RV home to help cut down on the waste that you would want to recycle. The
0: biggest thing to answer the actual question is google local recycling centers yeah. and, and usually you can find some something often parks uh are, are good at having recycling nearby in them
1: sometimes and then sometimes you're out in the middle of nowhere and yeah there's nothing you can do about it yeah so all right so thank you so much for that question you have another one on here i see and it says i would love some input on cookware for your rv gas stove oven thanks
0: uh, so you know, we being in a big fifth wheel with a big cargo carrying capacity, we don't really, we we haven't really cut down our cookware much. No, are you from what are you would you, use in a home?
1: Are you saying the instant pot, the blender, the hand mixer, well, I mean, I the think toaster? They're, they're particularly
0: <laughs> asking about pans, and you know, I, I think yeah. for me, it's it's best to just have if you need if you need to cut down weight, just have one really good mm-hmm. skillet on one really good pot it's it's better to reduce the number of them instead of having four different sizes of skillets than it is to buy like cheap ones that are lighter
1: absolutely when we were in the travel trailer and uh, weight was a little bit more of an issue we actually had um, gsi's outdoor like camping uh, pots and then we had one big uh, skillet from made in which is uh, a great brand even in this we do not carry any kind of cast iron I wish that we could, I wish I could have a Dutch oven, a big cast iron skillet, but those are really, really heavy, like incredibly heavy. And we just have never felt that we would get the kind of use off of it that we would get, you know, having a few other really good pieces that don't weigh as much. Um,
0: I'm more worried about them like banging around and breaking other stuff. They're so heavy. Well, you know? yeah,
1: I don't want them anywhere near my coffee. But mix.
0: but the carbons like you mentioned the made in pan. So it's yeah. a carbon steel pan. If you are looking for sort of a similar experience to cast iron where you have a seasoned pan, check out carbon steel pans because they're they are a good option and they're significantly lighter than cast iron
1: yeah and you know what we carry in here is we carry some calphalon pans as well um i'm always trying to think do we really need this uh, you know because we have three different size pots and three different size pans do we need all three of these amazingly we do end up using all of them yeah i mean we we could cut
0: down on them but we don't feel like i don't think we need to
1: no we would i would rather find the weight somewhere else to lose to keep those but you know i think it really is about knowing what kind of uh, cook you're going to want to be in the rv obviously you know something like a blackstone really cuts down uh, for us on pot and pan usage mm-hmm. there's so much we can do with that griddle but it's also heavy you know do you want to cook outside more when it comes to your you know oven and comes to the propane oven and the propane stove uh not all propane ovens and stoves are created equal in the rv so again if you're looking to want to do a lot of baking that for us is a bit of a challenge yeah in and you our- definitely don't
0: really want to carry like Glass or Pyrex ware no, that I, you would put in the oven. That's, we
1: carry silicone. Yeah, um,
0: silicone is a great option for that. It's yeah, very very light.
1: Yes, and it's also pliable, so if it knocks into one of my coffee mugs, it's mm-hmm. not going to break it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the Instant Pot is a, is a great solution for m- multiple things and using it like a crock pot when it's lighter than a crock pot because a crock pot is ceramic.
1: You will have to pry that out of my cold <laughs> RVing hands before I let go of the Instant Pot here in this house. Yeah. It is the multipurpose function of an Instant Pot for us and for our cooking needs is just unmatched on anything else I use in the house it really
0: reduces the amount of dishes used because you can you can fry something in it and then turn that into soup without a different pan or a a stew or whatever
1: if we're boondocking too and I've used it because we we could use it if depending on the kind of solar we were pulling in, I actually will then take the pot and I will turn that into the water in which I wash dishes out of. So then it becomes like my little tub inside the sink to help cut down on the amount of water I'm using. And so, I, you know, I just, it's got, I love it. I can't talk enough about (laughs) it. I love it so much. So hopefully that answered the question. Uh, The next one we have here, our last one is... What does it mean when someone says there are air pockets in the trailer siding?
0: So if you're seeing um, little bubbles or big bubbles bubbling in uh, a fiberglass sided trailer, so you're not gonna see this in aluminum sided trailers that look like they have flat siding, right? These are the flat sided fiberglass trailers or motorhomes. That is called delamination. And what that means is the fiberglass layer is no longer glued at that point to the backing material behind it the backing material might be wood it might be asdel but the glue is separating or maybe never no glue ever actually made it on that spot uh, but they're usually pretty good about getting that. But the glue is delaminating. They call it delamination. And that can be caused by lots of things. It can just be caused by age, uh, heat, exposure to the sun. It can also be caused by water damage. So that's the thing you really want to be concerned about, that it isn't caused by water damage or it isn't causing water damage. It might be opening up at a seam that uh, is allowing water in. So uh, you don't have to entirely avoid small bits of delamination they're not the worst problem in the world as long as they're not caused by water so if you're shopping for an rv or if you have it happening to your rv it it's fixable big versions of it (laughs) are are really expensive to fix so if it's happening uh get it looked at right away
1: all right There you go. So thank you for asking those questions. If you have questions that you would like to share and it doesn't necessarily have to be questions you're looking for Jason and and I to answer, because, you know, we're very open. We don't know everything. We're still learning. Uh, The best place to ask a question is over at the RV Miles Facebook group. There's 12,000 people in there who would really love to be able to assist you if they can.
0: All right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with the folks at Tennessee Land and Lakes about buying land for camping on
1: can't wait we'll be right back
0: it's time for a new rv mattress abby and i have been testing out the wanderlust mattress from RVMattress.com by brooklyn bedding and we couldn't be happier we're sleeping better and because we were able to customize the mattress we got the exact fit for our needs RVMattress.com offers a 120 night sleep trial the ability to pick different sizes and thicknesses plus their products are toxin free made in the usa and and incredibly simple to set up. We were able to have ours delivered to the campground, and within hours of unboxing, the mattress was fully expanded and ready to sleep on. RVMattress.com offers free shipping and is offering the RV Miles community 20% off. Visit RVMattress.com slash RVMiles and use the promo code Miles, all one word. That's RVMattress.com slash RVMiles with the promo code RV Miles for 20% off. There are many, many pitfalls when it comes to figuring out where to camp on your own land. And there's a company out there, uh, actually a group of several companies out there that have developments in different states that help RVers cut through all that sort of red tape. And today we're talking with Tom Spichalski, who is, who is from Tennessee Land and Lakes and, and other businesses associated. Tom, welcome to the RV Miles podcast.
2: Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you having me on your show. We're talking
0: to you at sort of a fortuitous time for us because we're in the beginning process of of looking for some potential land uh, in different areas where we can park our RV on, uh, especially as full timers. We're moving about the country and we always think that, well, you know, we have these touch points, these areas that we always come back to that it would be nice that we didn't have to sort of look for campgrounds, that we could sort of set up a plot how we want it, how we could sort of camp on our own land. But we found that there are lots of issues when it when it comes to that. There are lots of areas where you can't camp on your own land. You can only camp on your land for two weeks at a time or a maximum of six months while you build a house. And if you buy land, you have a certain time to build a house and that house has to be a minimum number of square feet uh, or there's HOAs or there all sorts of these pitfalls uh, that come into finding land that you can camp on which is which is really funny and I think um, your company has sort of set out to solve a bit of that for our viewers but let's let's start with um, how you guys sort of got into this business. And and we'll kind of move on to what you look for when it comes to land.
2: Okay, uh, the company that I represent—we've uh, been selling land for decades, uh, you know, at least three decades, probably closer to four—and uh, that's been our bread and butter. But we realized that we we kept finding people calling us for for uh, land for RVs, and most of the properties that we were handling that wasn't that wasn't possible to to have an RV on there they were deed restricted the the local ordinances wouldn't allow it there were you know there are manifold reasons why you, why you wouldn't be able to put an RV on it but we recognized you know what people were telling us is most people were getting into RVs so they could be out in nature and experience you know the the solitude and beauty of the woods and most of the time they were spending their time on the phone trying to get into RV parks and uh, and then pulling into parking lots situations rather than than really communing with nature. So we recognized the demand. Then we set out to go find uh, the the properties where we could do something like that big acreage that would allow RVs, and that was wasn't easy. I mean, there are, there are so many places that don't allow them. Finding the acreage, uh, finding the type of property you you, you want to. Uh, have an RV on, being in the right destination spot. Um, you know, there's a there's hundred considerations when you, when you go about this. So we, we transitioned, we, we realized immediately when we started catering to RVers that their demand was far greater than we'd ever imagined. And um, now quite a bit of our business is devoted to that. So where, where do
0: you have properties right now that, that people can look at?
2: Well, t- Tennessee is the sweet spot for us um, for, for a variety of reasons. One, it's centrally located in the U.S. So everyone, almost everyone in the U.S. can get to Tennessee within a day's drive. I think 80, 85% of the, the U.S. is accessible to uh, to Tennessee in a single day's drive. It's got a nice highway that runs through the, the middle of it, uh, easy access to the entire state. It's got three distinct sections in it. You've got the highlands where you've got the Smoky Mountains. You've got the Midlands where Nashville, Tennessee, and the beautiful countryside that surrounds that. And then you've got the Mississippi Valley on, on the west side. It's loaded with lakes. The government there tends to be more hands-off when it comes to development. So we've been able to find places in Tennessee that allow for RVers to be on big tracks of land. And uh, it's just an unusual situation. The climate's great. There's zero percent state income tax, so people actually can, will stay in their RV for long periods of time, and uh, declare it as their residence. And, and you know, their their retirement money goes a lot further when, when they're not paying a uh, state income tax on it. And the the weather's great. There's a lot. There's a lot of great reasons Tennessee works for us on that level.
0: But it's not as simple, right? As just picking a state and you know that that state's friendly um because of its laws there's a lot of it's a lot more local than that the city and county level right
2: oh yeah yeah and and the considerations i mean you may find a a big tract of land that will allow it and find out that the terrain is just prohibitive to having an rv or there are no utilities we look for water utilities terrain that that makes it accessible, privacy, um, nearby shopping, hospitals, all all those considerations are important. And, you know, the more you can get the the better, but even if you had the least of it, you would still be better off in most cases than, you know, not owning. And ownership has so many benefits to it as well.
0: I I think a lot of people for a long time have, bought RV spots at RV resorts. So you're paying an exorbitant amount of money, sometimes the cost of a a house for a campsite at a resort. And then it's, uh, it's sort of like an HOA, you're end up paying them an annual fee on top of that for your access and all that sort of stuff. And uh, of course, you get amenities that come with that you you get probably a pool and you, you have the ability to rent it out through that campground and all that sort of stuff um but it's not out like you said out in nature out in your your own space what a lot of people want when they're camping getting getting away from people so so how how big are are is an average lot for you guys
2: well, typically, we start at five acres and go up from there. Uh, the properties we're, we're doing now start at five acres and they go up. Some of them, I mean, they go up to 62 acres in the section we're, we're doing now, but they go up to you know, uh, hundreds of acres sometimes. A uh, hundred acres is a big tract. There are usually a few that are that, are that big, and, and that's a whole different ballgame, owning that much acreage. And they're designed for privacy. So lots of road frontage. That, that makes a big difference. There's, it's just not typically an HOA. It's your property, your way. You're not involved in a, in a um, small, you know, organization that's calling the shots on what you do with your property. They have your own road frontage, your own access. Uh, That's, that's a, that's a major consideration, really because you know i mean if you've been in these parks they all have their different uh, little governments that and and it can take any shape that uh, <laughs> that you want or not want
0: yeah well and and even just having a road from what we've been looking at when we're looking at land there there's so much available out there that has no access the access is through somebody else's property and or the county has a right to run a road right through your property at some point you there there are all sorts of little things that i i it's blown my mind um that you have to think out about when you start looking for land it make it it makes sense why when you buy a house in a city you might be dealing with it, an HOA or you're dealing with all of the zoning restrictions and all that sort of stuff because uh because people can be had uh really buying land that that doesn't fit them you might not even be able to put a septic system in
2: you're right, and that's that's probably the biggest consideration. If you can't put a septic system in, you're you're destined to just be boondocking. And, you know, you, you can't really stay long periods of time. Well, um, you know, the, and and a lot of a lot of our viewers like to travel with friends. So, being able to have a, a second, third, fourth place that you want to want to have your friends, uh, you know, gather with your family. That's, that's an awesome upside that a lot of people don't think of as well. And you can rent them out. We have, we have people that will buy properties so that it pays for their purchase by renting out their spaces. And there are great websites where it's like an Airbnb to, to rent it. Um, that's, that's pretty become pretty common. So you're not just shelling out money to a site. You're actually bringing income in while you're uh while you're owning this this awesome piece of land and controlling what what happens with it completely outbuildings are fine you can build outbuildings in most cases it's not always the case uh, but in most cases we look for properties where you can do that
0: can you build a house if you wanted to
2: in some places we do allow you to do that Uh, the one that we're currently working on you can do pretty much what you want to do on it yeah if you want to build a house on it that's fine Um, no size requirement no so a lot of people like that idea that they will, they'll, they'll camp on it for a while and then eventually turn it into, uh, into something with in a house. Now the the biggest thing that makes that palatable is that it's, these are big tracts of land that you, you're not really that concerned about what your neighbors are doing. You're not, you're not, because they're down the road quite a way. So it, we, we don't have to put in these rigorous restrictions in order to keep the order there. It naturally does it by by just having that much land.
0: So what's uh, I, I know this varies dramatically based on the amount of acreage and where the property is and all that sort of stuff. But what what kind of money is somebody looking at when they get into buying a land in, in one of your places? And and do you do you help with financing any of that sort of stuff?
2: Yeah, actually, we do. Uh, we we set up financing. We have affiliations through uh, through lending institutions that. Are favorable to land. Land isn't always the easiest thing to uh, to finance. So our long standing with these banks makes a makes a big difference. We set that up for customers. Um, price points vary. Uh, it depends on on the property. It depends on the property's you know amenities. Um, typically, you're looking at starting around seventy and going up from there. In in if you were to get something as like what we're currently doing, that's going to be fairly close to Nashville, where real estate prices are higher. You get further out, when we do projects that are further out, um, your costs may go down, but then your your development costs might go up, and like your septic and your well might cost more money in that case. So it, it depends, but... If you're in the 70s and you amortize it over over years, you're, you're typically paying somewhere around. Uh, it's often less than what you're paying in, in, for rent in, in camps. So that's that's one way to look at it. If you made a comparison, you're paying less than you are in, in camps typically.
0: You all have sort of a, a unique way of of selling land. You you sort of have these, these uh, open house days, right? Tell us about that.
2: Well, our, uh, one of the big, there are three parts of our business that we, that before we develop a property, we look for three things. We look for a property that we can sell for below market prices for the acreage. And that's the number one thing. It has to be competitive to the market. So that, that uh, there, we price the properties to sell out in a single day. The second thing is that we want it to be in a destination spot or in the path of growth. And that's... Investors like that; they like something that's an emerging market, that's or or that's a destination already that has some cachet to it that people people gravitate towards. Who to. in the RV world that's particularly important because you you know you've got your land, but you also want to go explore, and there are a million places you can explore around the area around here. Um, the third thing is it has to be something beautiful that you would want to stay on, that you, you would want to hold on to for a long time, you know, bequeath to your, to your heirs and that sort of thing. So those three things have to line up before we buy it. That's a, that's a, that's a major, that is our core business model. So we've got them price to sell in a single day. It's efficient for us to do that as well. Um, we, have, we, we sell it by invitation. We put the word out that it's that it's available, uh, we have a limited number of properties available and we book appointments to show those properties throughout a single day and by the end of the day we typically have all the properties sold. And it's a one-on-one experience with, with your reps so they can take you out and show you all the corners of the property, show you the maps, show you the different alternatives for, for choices. and. Of uh, of lots that you might be interested in pricing financing they sit down and they go through the entire process with you and even after the after the contract they stay with you and and uh, you know everything you need beyond that so it's a, it's a it's a customer service it, it, imagine it's like an auction in a way because it's being sold off in a single day but there's no bidding and everything is is transparent and and you know you're you're guided through the process completely
0: what's the process for somebody to uh to find out about what you have coming up available and and be able to sort of join in on that
2: well typically what we do is we start advertising on it and we put out our our, uh we have a web page that's dedicated to that particular product and and or project and and um this one is going to be published soon. It's not quite up and uh, up and running though, but it's my RV dot land. That's, that's uh, going to be the URL for this particular project that we're working on. And what, what you can do is go to that. You can get on our mailing list. They'll alert you with an early notification typically that uh, something's coming up, whatever it is that we're handling at the time. And if it's, you'll, you can find out then if it's right for RVs. We don't Exclusively do RV property, but um, we've got some really good RV inventory at the moment. That's uh, that that you can get all the information beforehand. This if 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 uh, if the podcast airs before our advertising starts, it's a nice leg up to to get information early.
0: But I, w- I want to be clear too. Like when you you mentioned that uh, this is land that you could potentially have as your home base. This could be your. Your actual domicile. So I, I, that says to me that I can camp on this 365 days a year. Uh, I don't have to worry about anybody saying that I've got. I can only be on it for six months at a time, um, and all that sort of stuff. The roads are the plowed, and that sort of stuff.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's your property, your way. You can you can stay as long as you'd like. Um, in this case, not all not all the. the the properties we handle have that. Some of them are restricted for uh, in, in smaller ways, but uh, you know, this one has pretty much, you can stay as long as you want. You can bring your friends, you can bring your family and uh, and really just, you know, let it all hang out. You, you uh, fires are not prohibited. I, I, it would be, the only thing that is prohibited are single wide trailers, really. That would be the only thing that you can't do on these properties. Other than that, it's yours to to do with. I can't I can't tell you how exceptional that is in the land world to find yeah. things in a mainstream area. You got to go out into the desert to find things like that. Typically, I, I've noted
0: that uh, that that's only in the far west, in the middle of nowhere, and the, the it will often be listed as. An hour from El Paso. <laughs> so you're like, okay, well, you don't even have a name of the town. Okay. <laughs> Which some people might want, and that could be great, but uh, you're, you're probably not going to have electricity out there. Tom, give us, give us the information again where, where folks can find you.
2: That's myrvland.land. Land.
0: And we'll, we'll link to that uh, in the in the description for this episode as well. Tom, thanks so much for joining us.
2: enjoyed your company. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You nailed my last name. That is unheard of.
0: Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox has been designing and manufacturing some of the best towing products in the industry. Blue Ox is everywhere. Highways, campgrounds, anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Blue Ox produces award-winning tow bars and base plates, plus a full line of weight-distributing hitches and a new lineup of adjustable ball mounts. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit BlueOx.com.
1: A big thanks to Tom from Tennessee Land and Lakes for joining us and for sharing all that information. And hey, you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing even more information about what they have going on over there. We're looking forward to working with them. You're going to hear them on the podcast for the next few weeks, as well as a few reels and posts across social media. So if you have questions, hopefully over the next few weeks, RV Miles will be able to answer them for you.
0: All right. Let's check the level of our tanks. All right. Do you want to go first?
1: That would require me to have a black tank. Oh, my goodness. See, this is what happens when we <laughs> record two episodes back to back. I can't come up with two things in a week that make me grumpy. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have anything to be grumpy about Sometimes right now. Sometimes that's good. Hey, you know what? Sometimes that's really, really good. And I'll take it. No black tank for me this week.
0: Okay. What's in your fresh tank?
1: Oh, my fresh tank's a good one, though. So... Uh, hot news in the Quad Cities is that there is a new winery in town and it opened up last weekend. It's called Old Oaks Winery. It's not actually too far from Jason's parents, which is bonus. And it is lovely.
0: It's such a cool place.
1: It is so lovely. And they have taken something that had some historical social history in the city because it used to be a a restaurant that was really popular. In fact... Your dad and stepmom had their first date at that restaurant, which Mm -hmm. I think is so charming. And they have turned it into this winery with spectacular view off of the back porch. It is going to be such a lovely venue for weekend gatherings, but also for weddings reception
0: we've just really enjoyed wow. we've been to several wineries recently and mm-hmm. it's not something we've ever really done no. and we have enjoyed every single experience and i don't i think like you don't have to be a wine drinker either to go mm-hmm. to one of these places they're often just really cool beautiful land
1: this one in particular also has some food offerings of the charcuterie type <laughs> um and the wine was really delicious it was really varied But it's just exciting to see um, more cultural offerings uh, in our hometowns, like as social offerings and local restaurants and art continues to grow in some of these mid-sized suburban Midwestern cities. It's just, it's, it's really lovely. And that they're drawing on their past, like taking this restaurant that meant so much to so many and then breathing new life into it rather than just knocking it down and Building something shiny and new. So, that is my fresh tank this week. I'm trying to figure out how we can get them to be a harvest hosts mm-hmm. location mm-hmm. because they are actually quite convenient for an RVer. It's not yeah. that difficult to get up there, they're right off the highway. Yeah. Really nice and lovely. Um, so I want that to happen. But then also like last night when we were in Leclerc, we went to that wine bar and that was like, that was lovely. I mean, it wasn't a winery, but again, and we didn't have any wine while we were there. I had an espresso martini. Like, yeah.
0: They had, they actually had more of a martini list than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, so I think they probably are more called a wine and martini bar, but I mean, again, these like main street USA, you know, they're really starting to embrace their history, but then. Moving it forward for, you know, what we today want to go do is these beautiful wine bars, beautiful restaurants, these chefs that actually know what they're doing. Yeah. It's quite lovely. So if you find yourselves in the Quad Cities, you should go to Old Oaks Winery and give them a little support. All right, Jay, what is in your black tank this week?
0: Well, so This is the time of year when 2023 RV models begin to come out. And there's that's there's been a slow rollout. A lot of manufacturers are a little bit behind on that because things are crazy they a couple years ago they decided oh we're all going to go to the same model year believe it or not forever they were all rolling out models at different times of the year unlike the automobile industry who all does it at the same time Mm -hmm. and that made a big problem for like component manufacturers so like the manufacturer of axles like they want to they want to roll their new axles out at the same time that all the manufacturers are rolling their new models out. But if the, everybody's doing it at different times, it makes it very hard for them to do that kind of stuff. So the industry sort of got together and decided, oh, we're going to we're going to make the model year change over in the middle of the summer. And uh, COVID has made that very difficult. But anyway, we're seeing some new models roll out. And I just keep getting struck by the fact that there are so few uh, of these
1: you're like looking out the window, like staring at all the RVs okay. around. Well, us. there there's
0: there's so many cool new types of RVs out there, right? Yeah. Right? Where you like these sort of adventure type travel trailers. I'm I'm gonna pick on one just because and please don't read anything into this, but Ember RVs, okay? Really cool new brand and they're awesome on the outside. I love the functionality they have in these sort of off road type trailers. But when you look on the inside, it's just oh, it's just meh. It's just it's like you know b- brown wood, same as every other RV out there. Well,
1: it actually feels like I walked about 20 years back into
0: I, I, the world RV. I, I don't understand why if you're buying one of these funky, cool off-road RVs, <laughs> why doesn't the inside match that a little bit? I, there there are a few okay. good examples out there, like um. Uh, like the Winnebago Revel, I think does a good job of this, where there it's like all the surfaces are are wipeable. You know, it's a mm-hmm. Class B camper van, and it's like you could probably spray some of it out if you wanted to. The inside again matches the outside. It's a four by four off road adventure van, uh, but then Winnebago's Hike, which is another one of these off road trailers, is the same sort of deal. It looks just kind of black on the inside.
1: The flip to that would be, too, the incredible continuous use of swoops and swirls and murals. And then you walk into on the outside of the RV and big, you know, cougars and animals coming at you. And then you walk inside and it's like this modern, clean, like, farmhouse look or you know they it's it's almost like they can only handle either the interior or the exterior but they can't handle both. Yeah. If there's no there's no cohesiveness. Yeah, to- and I'm not saying
0: that they need to be like I, people have different wants and different needs, Absolutely. but the outside should somewhat give you a clue to what the inside looks like, right?
1: Yeah. I mean I think if you're creating something that's really heavy uh off roading, you're gonna be speaking to a particular type of buyer. Yeah. And a lot of times if you do your market research on that buyer, you're gonna probably discover that they tend towards a particular aesthetic uh, in regards to design, clearly you think they do because you designed the outside to look a certain way. So then, when you walk in and you see like, you know, brown wood paneling and like the old like, little circled, valanced browns and green, you know, and just that, just it, oh, it just kills everything yeah. and the, the whole vibe goes
0: there are some brands that, that do it better than others and and that sort of feeds into my fresh tank this week my fresh tank is the new mantis from taxa this oh. is the coolest trailer oh I mean, so the so taxa cool. mantis is Taxa is a, is a very boutique small company and mantis is like a small um, pop-up style travel trailer Uh though it's way more complicated than that you can get a pop-top or you can sleep on top but it's it's really unique interesting like designed by a former nasa engineer trailer and for a small sort of pop-up style trailer 56 grand is a lot to pay (laughs) so that is the trade-off with stuff like this but again but here the outside matches the inside and they have some really awesome features and some new updates to the new mantis this year we have friends that used to live full time actually as a family of 4 in, with two dogs in a Mantis. They've since moved into a fifth wheel, but they're looking at the new Mantis and they're like, oh, "We want go back." Jason's looking at the new Mantis <laughs> I am, and was like, "Oh, it, maybe
1: we want to get." And I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> it, it's a it's
0: uh it's a cool little trailer, but some of the new features that they've put in like flex space for you to be able to work yeah. uh, on your laptop or whatever, uh, a, a bathroom setup that can be used inside or entirely moved outside. So you can set up a bathroom in a situation outside. Just convenient don't stuff do like it. that.
1: Just don't do that in, like, South Dakota.
0: <laughs> Where the winds are high. <laughs> Where the winds will whistle wind away. Um, it's so,
1: a super cool rig. I need things to just be slightly different for us. Yeah. And we're, we were so hardcore V in that. Yes.
0: And maybe a family of four, not five, would be a little bit well, easier. you know, Jack's
1: out of here in, like, three years. I seven. mean, there
0: are only four <laughs> sleeping spots in it. So there you go. Okay, great. Um,
1: we'll send Jack off to college. But, and I we'll know, get like, one.
0: but we could do it just for you and I. We could get I one of those know. little no boundaries. <gasps> Those are so cute. Like yeah. those little, just little two twin bed, no boundaries for oh. just you and I to go on. Yeah, and then we
1: each get our own bed. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yes,
0: you're, when you're in your 40s, you're excited about your own bed. Well, we 40s this. and beyond. You
1: have the, you know, you just come over, say hi, and go back to your bed. <laughs> my
0: my my great grandmother. We talked about uh, Cleo uh, on a couple episodes ago, who just recently passed away. She and Pete lived in their own bedrooms and. I uh, think that is so awesome actually
1: It's like I want my own bathroom I want my own bedroom I mean because it's just a space You get to go to I mean I'm happy to come visit you in your space And you can come visit me in mine But like you know then eventually just go back to your yeah. own space
0: I, I doubt they were in their own bedrooms When they had eight kids in the house But hey, you don't know. I, at, at you some don't point know They what? were like okay all these kids are gone we're, uh, You snore <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> You don't separate. know their life You don't know their life <laughs> Like kind of do, because, you I know, mean, you grandparents. I was, but... Well,
1: I mean, like, you know, the eight, eight, you don't know what's going on. I mean, sometimes you're like, no, we need space. We've had eight kids. Move
0: out. <laughs> Go to uh, your own
1: bedroom now.
0: <laughs> all right. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast.
1: Yes, it is. And if you are headed over to Amazon, would you take RV Miles with you? Did you know that we actually have an Amazon shop where we put a lot of the things that we talk about here on the podcast and also, you know, items that we review on YouTube? that we really like. We add them to our RV Miles Amazon store. We also put some things in there like what you need if you're new to RVing. You can go see all of that when you start at amazon.com shop slash RV Miles. And if you hate everything in that store, which is totally fine, you just go shop Amazon. We still get to go with you. And then Jeff sends us some money every month and we really very, very, it. Very, 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 very little. Very, very little. Portion of
0: his big fortune.
1: It's literally like point .0000000. zero, 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 zero <laughs> Zero, one percent of his net worth. Probably not even that, actually. Probably need like 10 more zeros added on. But either way, it does help support RV Miles and it does make what we do here every week possible. So, thank you for those of you who take us shopping. Other than that, continue to enjoy summer. I know a lot of kids are headed back to school already. This whole area is already back to school. It's the beginning of well, August.
0: They're on the year round school they, schedule. Yes, they are. So, they get two weeks off and back on. And-
1: yes, they are. And if you have kiddos that have Headed back to school, you can still make those weekends work. So keep logging those RV miles, even if it has to be on the weekends.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye.